0: Hey Westside family, Jake Gilbert here, one of the leaders in charge of our media department. Thanks for joining us for today's message. We hope you are blessed by what God has been speaking to us through our pastors and leaders, and we pray this leads you into an even more intimate relationship with Jesus. We love you guys, and enjoy. Father God, we thank you for your word and for the journeys that we go on. I'm reminded of that that wonderful uh, poem called Footprints where at the end of our lives we can look back and and see those times that were difficult the struggles the trials the tribulations whether that just that single set of footprints knowing we weren't able to walk anymore that you picked us up and carried us through those times we thank you for that help us to uh, ever be mindful of your love and grace be with us as we look at your word briefly here this morning to allow the the holy spirit to teach us and guide us in jesus name amen uh rarely do we give a title to a sermon that even we remembered a week later would you agree with that i mean you know we give it a title because the guys back there say it needs a title i think that's why we do that right uh, but you really don't think much about it. But, but I'm going to beg to differ with myself this morning. I want to give you four words, and uh, I think I'm going to have you say them because I want you to remember them, all right? And I'll probably have you repeat them a couple of times this morning. And they're, they're not complicated. In fact, here they are. Ready? Get out of this. Four words. I'll say it again. Get out of this. Go ahead. Try it. Okay, you got that. You got that. And there's things that go with that to make it make sense. You're not being like mean to somebody, you know. I just I just want you to get those four words in your mind as we approach this passage. And I want to look at James if you would. Go there. Uh, James chapter 1. I'll read it briefly here. Uh, verse 2. Consider it. You've heard this verse before. Consider it all joy, my brethren, when what? And a lot of us you know, there's just, there's, boy, I tell you, there's just verses in the Bible we'd rather, like, not claim, you know? Uh, and why? Because verse 3, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance and will let endurance have its perfect results, so you can be perfect, complete, lacking nothing. And if anybody lacks wisdom, let them ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to them. So, uh, so, so get out of this. Get out of this. Those four words, they pop up uh, in our prayers during these, these, these times of various trials. And as I read these four verses, I'm always uh, amazed at the new things that, 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 that I come to understand. But there's no doubt about the basics here. Those don't ever change. Anybody could come up here and you could preach the basics of these three or four verses right now. With confidence. First of all, verse 2. When stuff happens that doesn't feel good, what is my attitude supposed to be? Joy. You got it. Okay? You don't have to go to seminary or any of that kind of stuff to figure that out. Okay? So I'm supposed to have joy when I encounter various trials. And that's why a lot of us just stop reading there because, like, that one I can't do. And then the next verse even goes a little deeper saying, here's why. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. You know that when you practice, it makes you better. Right? And someone once said it's not practice that makes you perfect, but perfect practice that makes you perfect, right? It's when you do, look, if, if you wanna run far, what do you need to do? Go run far. If you, if, you want, if you wanna play the piano, what do you need to do? Come practice the piano. If, if, if you wanna play basketball, what do you need to do? Go, go play basketball. Most of you, some of you, I think you're beyond hope. I gotta be honest. Okay, I've, uh, but but we do. We 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 just we understand the reality. If you're gonna get better at something, you, you you have to practice it, and that's the simple principle of verse three. You should know this. James says that the testing of your faith it produces endurance. It helps you be able to do whatever that thing is bigger and better and faster and longer and more perfect. Or as the Cajun cook says, mo better, right? You know, he always said that, throw the stuff down. It just makes it better. And, and then when you let endurance have its perfect result, when you have practiced long and hard enough, when you have encountered enough trials and weathered the storms and endured through it and not given up and chosen to have an attitude. Of joy and thanksgiving rather than bitterness, when you have made those choices, that type of endurance will have its perfect result that you may be, and I love these words perfect, complete, and lacking in nothing. Just let those words sink in for a moment, because you know, the Spirit of God doesn't use words on accident. When you submit to this, when you understand that the trials in your life aren't by accident, they're, they're by design. And it's just like a a coach who puts their team through a rigorous practice. They do that because they know the things that they're asking those athletes to do. It will make them better at what they need to be able to do to be better at whatever they do. It's just part of the process. And eventually, they will be perfected, maybe not perfect, they'll be a complete player. They'll be prepared. For, for, for the battles of the game, for the contest, for the match, that's, that's the normal result. And that's what I want. That's what I, that, that's what I would like to, like, jump ahead to. I would like to just skip the, the you know, the testing and the endurance and all the practice and stuff, and I'd just would like to go to the championship game and make the winning basket and, you know, rah, rah, rah. I really would, and I would imagine many of you would. But that's not at all the way life works, is it? Has I worked for any of you? It, 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 that's just... And by the way, we can't get mad at God because I think that's, a, that's originally how he set it up. I, I think when God created Adam and Eve, they were perfect. I think everything was perfect. They, they even had this piece of perfection. God gave them choice. He said, do whatever you want. Just, just don't do that one right there. There's only one you don't do. But he gave them that choice. And I think at that time, there were no trials and, and tribulations. The way God set it up was not for us to go through what we go through, and that is the consequences of sin. Now, that, was, that was a deformity that entered the human race, at which time God did not give up on us and offered something that would help reform us back to that original image that he formed us in. So it's all, it all winds together. But I don't get it. Do you? Because if you don't get it either, that's what that, who's, that last verse is for you and me. Verse five. So if any of you lacks wisdom, if you don't understand this, then just just ask God. Ask God for wisdom. Say, I don't have enough to understand this. Will you give it to me? And unlike a parent who might roll their eyes and say. I told you so. That's not how God responds to our requests. Will you help me understand this? I've blown it. I need to get better. No, verse 5 says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. And what is God's style of answering that prayer? He gives to all of us how? Generously. Doesn't doesn't chide us with a rebuke. Doesn't make fun of us. Doesn't speak with a sarcastic tone, generously and without reproach, he gives it to us. Just ask. If you don't understand, just ask. And I know you don't understand. Just ask. So my prayer when I encounter various trials goes something like this. God, help me. What are those four words again? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Help me get out of this. That's my prayer. You know, I'm struggling with uh, a, a pharma neuropathy that they can't explain. The only word they've given me that I remember is idiopathic. Now, that's the last word you want to hear when you go to a doctor. Because if you know what it means in medical terms, it's, a, it's not good. But if you don't know what it means in medical terms, it's really not good, right? Like, does you call me an idiot? You know, am I, I'm, I'm, I'm an idiot. I'm an idiopathic I, and and it's just, it has consumed my life. There are times when it's all I can think about. And I, I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to consider it all joy. I really don't. And I get it about 5% of the time. The other 95, I don't know how to do it. But those are the times that God is saying to me, hey, ask me. I'll be generous to give you practice to show you how. You're not good at it, (laughs) but you can be. If you don't know how, just ask me. And there are people, every single person in this room this morning has battles going on, trials in your life, tribulations, testings that could easily consume you, and perhaps they already have. Perhaps the beast is visiting you again when you thought you'd beaten it back. Perhaps it's something physical that today, as bad as it is, may be the best day of the rest of your life. Uh, Maybe it's something completely out of your control that's gone on in your family, gone on in your workplace, gone on with your whatever. And it's just almost, um, it's almost insensitive for someone to say, well, consider it all joy it's almost it's almost insensitive for somebody to say that to us but that's the truth I, and if you don't know how to do it i have i have good news for you if you don't know how ask god who will generously and without reproach he'll give you the understanding you need he'll give you the wisdom you need to be able to do this now it may take a lot of practice So I think my prayer is, God, please help me get out of this. And I think God smiles back and says, no, 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 listen to me. What can you, what are those four words? What can you get out of this? When I ask, God, please help me get out of this, God smiles and says, what can you get out of this? That's why you're there. I don't know. I don't understand. Ask me. Ask me. I do. I don't know what you believe about God, you know, uh, all of your theology, but I'm pretty sure if you're here this morning, you believe at least that God is, is, is uh, smart. Would you agree with that? You know, and you can come up with those fancy words, you know, omniscient, all that kind of stuff. And I don't know, sometimes I just, I just like it when you just say, God is smart. You know, he's like the smartest guy in the room. You ever met someone like that who thinks they're the smartest guy in the room? You know, why are some of you nodding and looking at me like that? That wasn't nice. God is is, is the smartest being in the universe. He gets it and he says to me if you don't just ask me I'll be generous now it's at this point when the argument goes something like this okay I understand the whole practice makes perfect I understand God's smarter than me and when I say God please help me get out of this God would say to me but but what can you get out of this there are times when we want to have an argument with God We want to start asking why and, you know, all those things that we do. And it's a bad idea to get in an argument with God. Everybody would agree with that, right? It's just not, that's that's a bad path to go down. But we do that because we're hurting and we lack faith. We lack understanding. We lack knowledge. We lack wisdom. God says, just ask. Just ask. But you don't understand, God. And this is where I want to, to move off of a challenge <clears throat> to a message of hope. Because the Jesus that you and I serve, uh, he he gets it. He gets it. Paul wrote to the Philippians in chapter 2. This is precious. He's, he's trying to encourage them along in their faith. And in verse... Uh, Let me start in verse uh, 5. Listen, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Even though Jesus existed in the form of God, he did not regard that form, that equality with God, to be something he would hang on to. He willingly gave up his rights, his claims to deity, when he took on the form of humanity. It was, it was something that he did. It was a sacrifice. may not seem like a big deal to you and me, because that's the only choice we have. But it was a big deal to Jesus. To give up all the rights and privileges of being God, and to give all of that up, to take on the form of mere man, not just that verse 7 he actually emptied himself and didn't just become humanity but he took on the form of a bond servant so he was the master the second person of the trinity and let go of that so that he could become a bond servant to the almighty deity verse 8, being found that way in the appearance of a man, what did he do? He humbled himself. How? By becoming obedient. To what point? To death, and not just any death, but a cruel death on the cross. verse 5 says so have this attitude in yourselves that was also in Jesus. So I kind of like James chapter 1 better now than Philippians chapter 2. Having joy in trials that's that uh Jesus is our model. And what it, did he did he do the, Let me tell you something. I don't know how bad you have it. But I don't think you have it as bad as Jesus had it. Because I don't know anybody here that I've talked to and you've described to me that cruel death on the cross you went to. Nobody in here is walking around talking about that. And I don't mean to belittle what you're going through, but I'm just saying a cruel death on the cross is worse than anything else that, that I think we could go through. And Jesus has been through that. He's, he's got some credibility here to lay claim to this 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 idea that we're to have a a simple, humble, obedient attitude to God, no matter what the circumstances are. He's our model. He has the right to challenge us to this. In um, Matthew chapter 26, you remember this. The night he was betrayed, he went out, asked his disciples to Sit watch. Sit watch with him. Remember that uh, verse uh, thirty-nine. He went out a little bit beyond him, and he fell on his face. And Jesus prayed, and this is this was his prayer. If you can get me out of this, my Father, if it's possible let this cup pass from me. He gets it. He, he's been there. It was not the choice of his own humanity to go through that cruel death on the cross. And, and, and right there, right in front of us, he prays this prayer that says, if it's at all possible, Father, Get me out of this. And then, of course, he completes the prayer by saying, but I understand there's something that you can get out of this by using me. There was something bigger than Jesus's suffering when he died on that cross. There was something a lot bigger going on than just his own personal sufferings. And I got a sneaky belief that whatever you're going through, there's something a lot bigger than just your sufferings, that there are people who watch you, who look to you, who draw encouragement, inspiration, hope, some sense of credibility to the faith that they share with you, whatever it would be, that in that moment, the credibility, the the authenticity of Jesus on one knee saying, Father, if you can, get me out of this. But Father, I understand. There's something that you plan to get out of this. So not my will. Not my will, but yours be done. I facetiously said I've never, I've never met anybody walking around who has told me about their cruel death on the cross. And I haven't. But think about it. Jesus walked around telling people about his cruel death on the cross, both before and when, after. And I think that's where the, 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 the amazing credibility of his challenge is at. I don't get it. I don't understand the resurrection and bringing back to life other than it's a miracle. It's a miracle. And I don't know what's going on in your life. I really don't. I, I, I just know this, that whatever it is, I'll bet you it's harder to bring somebody back to life after they've been in the grave for three days than help you find joy in your trials today. I think God's already proven himself. And if you don't understand, just ask. Just ask. He, he wants he's a generous giver, a gracious giver of the wisdom required for us to find it. Now, you may not get an answer today or tomorrow. There's some of you who have been praying for answers for a long time. And God has said, I still want you to practice. The, ge- the game's not over yet. I still want you to practice. Right? If you're a Laker fan, you know what that's about, right? You saw what happened in game two, right? Lost by, by, by like 25 points. You saw what they did last night then, right? They won like 30. Is it over yet? No, it's not over. And, and, and in, our, in, our, in our game, in our faith journey, that, that's never over. We are always being perfected. We're always being completed. We always are having to ask God, I don't understand. Can you give me understanding? We always have, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's humbling to admit we don't know. It's humbling to admit that our attitude is terrible. But that's obedience. And that's, that's, I wrote myself a note here at the bottom of my Bible that points to 2 Corinthians 12. And I think I have that up there. Do I? 2 Corinthians 12, 8 and 9. And I can read it up there. Yes. So, so Jesus has been there where 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 we are. He has been there. He, he understands it. He gets it. But the little note I have in my Bible is he's not only been there. He says, I am there right now. <laughs> That's what's, that's the good news. And it's on these two verses. So, so concerning this, this, this thorn in the flesh that I have, Paul says, I got this thorn in the flesh, and we're not quite sure exactly what it was. All we know is it was something that really handicapped him in his ability to be everything he wanted to be. And he wasn't so much being selfish when he asked God, please take this thorn in the flesh away from me. He just wanted to be Better. More complete, more perfect, more equipped for the ministry that he was passionate about. Three times he asked, and three times. Three times I asked, and three times the Lord said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. Get this now. For power is what? Perfected. In weakness. Isn't that great? So, therefore, gladly will I boast in my weakness because that's where the power of Jesus Christ dwells. Are you really practicing to be made more perfect in Christ? He not only did it before us to show that He had credibility to say, I've been there, but He is there right now. In the midst of our weaknesses, saying, no, I don't want you to get out of this. I want you to get something out of this. That's what I want. That's the message of hope. Whether you experience a miraculous healing on the spot, whether it, it, it develops over a period of time, or whether it's an entirely different type of healing that you never saw coming, that made you more perfect and complete in Christ. If you don't understand, just ask. And that's what I want to invite you to do this morning. As, as I close, I want to encourage you to just bow your head, spend a moment. It's okay to be honest with God because he's smart enough to know what's on your mind before you even voice it. But I would invite you to, as it were, look God in the eye. And ask him. Be bold. Be be humble enough to ask him for the wisdom, for the understanding that you need. And if you still believe that it's within the the perimeters of what is right to ask for, and ask him for more. Because he's able to do exceedingly abundantly about anything above and beyond anything, we're able to what? To ask, or even think. It's not like God needs you to come up with an idea for him in prayer. He's ahead of you. Be bold. Be humble. Ask him. So I want to invite you to just bow your heads with me. And in the quietness of this moment, the Lord, we reflect on... Thanks so much for joining us. We hope God spoke to you personally through this message and continues to encourage you throughout the coming weeks.